Hi, welcome back to All Things Data. Here we go again, talking more about internal AI projects, generally AI and NLP projects. And we're gonna kind of stick to the periphery of exec considerations and executive how-tos about AI. Today, we're gonna look to talk a bit about the life cycle of AI projects and how they're undertaken, whether that's an internal or external project, because they can both go well or poorly, obviously. But what we found is unless certain things are in place at your organization and with your people, staff, expertise, and really experience aside, we found that a lot of internal AI projects kind of go awry and don't exactly get to the outcome that that's always desired or that was expected. So we're going to try to explore why that is and try to leave you with a little bit of a roadmap as to how to not fall into those traps. So without further ado, let's get going. Hi, Victor. We have been informing the exec world on the inner workings of AI. So let's dive in. How does the quality of data relate to whether or not an internal AI project will succeed? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really good place to start. I guess this is the big shocking wow factor headline of the data is the problem, right? So now we're kind of holding everything else aside and saying, how do we isolate the data and ensure that the data is not the problem? Because that's really what we're trying to get to here. Well, in data itself, of course, you're going to want to collect as much data as you can, especially data about the problem, obviously. So, I mean, if you're trying to solve a customer retention problem, you're going to want to know a lot about your customers and find ways to measure those kind of things. So you want to make sure that you have very complete data in that sense, because having just a little bit of the signal and only understanding, let's say we're looking at a, a normal retailer and the only thing you have is basket size. I mean, that's not really going to inform you all that well. You're going to need a lot more signals and a lot more both hard facts and I guess assumed or in, inferred facts about them, which is often called metadata. That helps inform or give the context to the AI. The other stuff you don't want to do is you want to gather all the data in all the sequences and all the times that you've had an opportunity to describe that environment and customer so that you don't have missing data. Missing data is going to lead to certain things weren't observed, certain things weren't saved or cataloged or curated. So you don't have a full picture. You only have like a signal or two. So you're, you're here at this point, kind of like a needle in a haystack if you, if you don't have a complete data set. And of course, just generally bad data is not going to help you. So you want to make sure that you have data in a way that's going to be usable down the line. You kind of want to make sure that you have uh, clean data so it doesn't have all kinds of weird noise and bad signals in it. And you want to make sure that labeled this data well. So if you're working in the world of, of trying to get to an outcome from an inference or a classification in AI, you're going to want to know what good examples of that is. Not in every possible AI workload, but in a lot of them, you kind of want to know what's a good outcome and how do I show a good outcome to my AI model. That's a big deal to AI models. So that sort of like works in the, the world of gathering data. Now, something that happens at many organizations, especially large ones, is your department, my department, their department is going to have gathered or created data in some way. 
And we may even have data about the same kind of problem, the same kind of context or, or same kind of envi environment, except because of security and because of sometimes ego and other reasons, your data, my data, and their data is very siloed. We don't talk to each other. Our data doesn't talk to each other. There's like this, for lack of a better term, a Chinese firewall between everything. So that can lead to the problem that we talked about where you have both missing data and incomplete data. Because if I've only described a certain important portion of this journey, let's say, through our organization, I may only have a specific lens to one view of that customer, whereas other departments, other divisions, other groups could really inform me of the totality of that person, customer transaction and give me and the AI a bigger leg up on exactly what the problem is and how to build a good data set and then build a good model from it. Another problem with all the silo data is we often end up with duplicate data sets. So we may be describing the same thing in slightly different ways, but across the organization. So we're duplicating effort, wasting people's time and having systems that we're probably paying for, for no reason that are saving the same thing. And the worst way of doing this is to even duplicate the AI models. So imagine that we really haven't talked at all and we have a hypothesis that something could come out of the data that we each individually have. And now we go and model something that's very similar that would have been obviously much easier done once, especially with combined data, but we all do it at the same time. So that sort of goes to the siloed nature of data. And then finally, there's bias. And if you've heard or read anything about AI in the past, you've probably heard this buzzword of bias. It's basically what you might intuitively think. In data itself, in the observations, you may have bias built into those observations just simply by the observer themselves, whoever's observing and cataloging the thing or system is observing and cataloging the transaction you may be biased in how you catalog that transaction or how you set up a system to catalog it. You may actually, as a person or as an organization, have personal bias, like the individual or the organization may have a cultural bias as well. So now if we're staying in this customer journey world, we very much, as soon as someone leaves their cart, we think that they're dead to us. And that's our cultural bias. You know, that's not really a true statement in the world, but if your organization for some reason believes that, you may never model the how do we affect churn? You know, how do we retain a customer? Because you have this bias that once they've left their cart, it's done. And then finally, there's just general bias in AI modeling that can be pervasive if you choose weights. If you make the choices that your model is going to perform at a certain level based on these certain weights and you don't exactly get to a place where it's the best weights for your problem or the best descriptive weights that would work for your problem. So now you're in a place where you've introduced bias into your model as well. So as you can see, you can layer bias one after the other and get to a place where your AI model may be as good as random chance to really understand the world, but you may think that it's doing a good job because of your inherent bias and your cultural bias as well. So yeah, if we're talking about data as the problem, I think that kind of captures a lot of the issues that we can run into because of data, yeah. I see, got it. I know many projects also fail because of organizational issues. Does that also happen with AI projects? 
AI doesn't build itself. I guess that would be a scary outcome for most people if AI was just only building itself, because then obviously you get a runaway thing and you end up with a scary Terminator or a singularity or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, people being in the mix, as we talked about bias and data being the problem, introduces a lot of other issues generally. An organization is really as good as its people and processes, and AI is really as good as those things plus the data. And of course, you need to have organizational and team alignment. So you kind of have to have a goal or an outcome and build some strategies to reach those goals. I feel like I'm, I'm almost teaching a little mini business class right now, but like realistically, one of the big things that you want to do is ensure that you have a desired outcome and then everybody who's part of that project understands how their contribution actually builds to that desired outcome. So even if you're the intern who's labeling data at this organization, you should know that the broader goal of labeling this data is that you want to get to a place where you're going to predict some outcome and it's going to yield some return on investment. You may be too young or too inexperienced at this point to really understand deeply what all that means, but you kind of all need to align. Generally, when there is a lack of alignment, you also often have a lack of, let's say, standard standards or operating procedures or processes, right? So in an organization where it's very, let's say, fair all over the place, you may let things slip culturally. It might just happen because leadership isn't quite the way it should be or hasn't thought through all the ramifications of what could happen. And in the world of these sort of like large undertaking projects, especially in AI, there is in five factors where you really need to understand what you're doing in order to get to a good outcome. And they really are like, we touched a little bit upon the first one where you need an objective. That's obviously the first factor. Like why are you building an AI project and an AI model and doing all this work if you don't have a clear articulated objective? So just generally you need to go, I want to build an AI model to do this kind of thing with this kind of input and this kind of output. The output is going to be a prediction, yes or no, and the input is like all these signals of whatever the context is. The reason that I want that is for whatever, we're trying to gain more market share, let's say, right? So now you have a clear articulated objective. Um, then you're going to want to source and gather as much data about the problem. We've talked about this a lot. so really like look to get, gather as much of the descriptive data and transactional data as you can for this and really look to make sure that all of that data is usable together because we talked about the issues with siloed data and siloed teams so you want to be able to access all of that data the third factor of a successful ai model and project is that your ai really needs to be explainable um, you know, as an executive, they don't want to have a black box kind of just like throw something in and out comes some magical answer. That sounds great, except that if you can't explain it, there are authorities and there are rules and laws that could be governing the decision that's being made. And your executives and your whoever down the line team that uses this is going to need to be able to have proof that the AI model did what it was supposed to do with the data that it would have done. And 
made a decision or you made the decision based on that model in a similar manner that a person would have made it because we're all very mistrusting of systems and we want to build trust in those, of course, right? Once you get to the fourth factor, once you get to an AI model that's trained and ready and validated, you really don't want to be retraining unless there's a valid reason. You might have a, a model or a system that is constantly retraining, like a recommendation engine, let's say, and that's fine. There's a valid reason to retrain that it's getting better all the time. And you can prove that it's getting better because you're giving it new weights really to new embeddings and new weights to the models, which allows it to, you know, turn through the data in a slightly different way. But just trying to retrain the model at some point to beat some arbitrary metric, whatever that is that you were measuring on the best model at first, is kind of not going to work very well because you want to be able to, again, explain everything and not introduce bias. So you want to keep that model static where possible. And then as we mentioned, just like the project brief or just like the real objective, you want to define all the AI input or all the inputs to this AI and all the outputs that you will get. And you want to have them very well defined and understood by people on the team. You want to get to that place just simply because if you don't understand all the stuff that's coming in, you're going to get as good of stuff coming out as you can give it. It's normal or common adage called garbage in garbage out, right? What else? In an organization itself, if we're talking about the organization being the problem, other issues that we've seen or heard of is that there can be a lack of trust in the organization. And then this happens in kind of like slightly toxic environments where, especially if it's lacking trust between individuals, between leaders within departments, like for example, you might have competing objectives from data science teams, IT and IT security. All three of them kind of work in the world of systems and, and data and code and whatnot, but they have different mandates. And those mandates will necessarily take them in different paths. And if there is a lack of trust or a lack of belief between the teams or between the leaders of those teams, you often get like a nastiness between projects and sometimes a really crappy way of like stopping projects by flexing the muscle of that group and saying, no, our thing hasn't been handled and we will not allow this to go forward. That's a really terrible thing to, to live in and it happens in some organizations. And then like really the biggest thing, which is what we started with is like top down alignment is understanding we have this goal, we have an outcome that we want to get to and everybody is a cog in the wheel. So how do we all work to, to get to that place? Now, if you had a leader that was amazing and had everybody aligned and you happen to lose that leader and lose that champion, that can also be a detriment to a project, but that's just generally across the board. That's not just necessarily an AI project, but really losing the champion to a big undertaking can hurt that undertaking generally, obviously. Yeah, so that sort of paints the picture as to how internal AI projects and just generally projects may not go the way that you expected them. And we examine them in sort of like two lenses where data is the big problem versus the organization is the big problem. And I know many people don't want to ever blame the organization, but it happens. Like sometimes you get runaway groups and organizations and you kind of have to rein those in. And 
that's not an easy thing. Data being the problem is often a little easier because it's an easier thing for you to handle and fix. So again, remember for really successful projects in AI, people, process, and alignment. Those are the cultural and company or an organization things. And then data. Data is a huge, huge thing. And of course, if you still have some trouble or you want to leg up and make it slightly easier, the best way to go at it is to have a really strong platform so that you can just put some data points, observations or whatever in, and you know that you're going to get the kind of results that you were expecting. We have such a platform called Apogee. However, it's not just an AI suite, it's AI and NLP, along with a bunch of conversational AI to help you deploy things in a no-code manner. Again, thank you very much for tuning in to All Things Data. I think that concludes a lot of the discussion on executive considerations and executive twos, and really the issues that arise when we take on big projects, especially in AI. Tune in next week where we'll start talking a little bit more about law, legal, judicial, and the work we've been doing there. Have a great week.